This podcast is about spoilers and discussion. It's also about spooky stuff. You know, any film that we talk about here, we recommend you see in advance. You've been warned. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. What an excellent day for an exorcism. Horror. There is no shortage of monsters to haunt our dreams. Horror. You got red on you. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Hello everyone and welcome to another brand new episode of Oh the Horror. It's a horror movie podcast where we take a look at classic and modern horror films from an expert and a newcomer's perspective. I'm the newcomer Steve Allman. And I'm the expert Rob Holmes. And today we are looking at the 1968 classic Rosemary's Baby, directed by Roman Polanski. Yeah, oh, Roman Polanski. Um, Oh, yes, indeed. Man, you know, I love this movie, but I don't don't really endorse him, you know, just because I know he's been, like, so high profile as, like, one of the most high profile scumbags. Um Yes. You know, for the last yeah, this like isn't, uh, however many years. Yeah, and uh, I like I'd come out in front and say that you know while we uh, w- will be looking at and critiquing this movie, won't we won't be endorsing uh, Roman Polanski as you know a person or a uh, like uh, a, a, a acknowledgement of well, his. You know, it, it's the past same way, and I think it's I think this is the way with a lot of other directors as well. He's not the only one, um, but I'm not gonna. I'm not going to take away the performances of everybody else in this film and the cinematography and everything else that went into it and all the hard work that they put into it just because he's a scumbag, you know? Um, exactly, exactly. And, and the fact that, you know, we're, we're talking about an Academy Award-winning film, by the way, where uh, Ruth Gordon um, won Best Supporting Actress, not only an Academy Award, but a Golden Globe as well for uh, Mini Cast of that. Cause she's awesome, dude. She's so good in this. It's a, it's a it's an incredible turn for from an an incredible film. But uh, it's yeah. uh, it's it's good to know that um you know when we come out in front of a, of a movie like this, uh, you know some people may be you know like not not wanting to watch a movie like this because of the person that's you know most tied to it for certain reasons. Well, and the whatnot. subject matter and is kind of creepy entirely... too. Like you have a creepy guy exactly. and creepy subject matter, which we're gonna delve into for a bit. Plus. We're talking 1968. It's been about 50 years. Well, 50 years since we were recording this. It's, you know, 2018 right now. Um, this film is way ahead of its time. It pushes the limits of what could really be put on mainstream film in the late 60s. Um, you're, you're dealing with a cult, you know, an evil cult. You're dealing with... Uh, the the anti you know the antichrist uh you're dealing with i mean really just kind of i mean you're dealing with a guy saying it's okay that he raped his wife while she was asleep like that's his excuse I mean, for that that's his legit excuse for yeah, no, that's, why she had scratches I, I, on her back i'm like dude you are a piece of shit and he is that character is a total piece of shit this movie has a lot of heavy stuff that um a lot a lot of subject matter that's actually like 
kind of difficult to talk about uh, in earnest, like you know, not only because of the times that we're living in now, but like just because of the overall horribleness of, as it was for any time that anybody were to live in. Um, yeah, I mean, this movie, like, well, we're, we're also talking about, I mean, this is a movie that does promote a female empowerment. I, I feel like, you know, you have Rosemary I, Woodhouse I, go from being this woman who is kind of pushed around in every way to taking trying to take I, charge of a situation and legit by the end of it she is the only one who can handle the situation she's the only I, one who I, can I, actually I would, wait go on i would I, I would only slightly agree i think by the end of everything it's more of a, a woman that's kind of succumbed to a lot of uh a lot of the like it like psychological torture and uh abuse that she's come to and has kind of like you know it like let that wash over her in a way uh for the sense of getting some semblance of peace and sanity uh it's it's a very it deals with a lot of deep and twisted things that you know like can be translated that like society does to women and like uh well uh, obviously i mean abortion that, and like <clears throat> all of these things are very very heavy yeah ob- i mean that's what this is done movie's... in a way that's very uh like not so much graceful but like artistic and deep and meaningful in a way that like it doesn't even really give you an answer it just makes you think and like twists and perverts the things that like society seems to do to people in a very interesting way yeah uh i mean it does that and it also is a very creepy movie all in all you know i mean there's a lot there's a lot that goes into this film and i think if you look at it nowadays, definitely it is it it works in it's definitely more um uh let's see, effective nowadays I think than ever, you know? It's a very effective movie with the with the points that it's trying to get across throughout. Uh there are you know, even the moment where Rosemary cuts her hair and her husband and everyone else tells her that they hate it. They hate the way it looks. And they just call it out throughout the film and some of it is extremely brutal and you see her take it for so long and there's that moment where she's finally just like I'm not going to take this anymore um and granted it is a little short-lived as far as as far as that empowerment goes I still think that by the end when she is the only one who can get the baby to calm and you know it takes that mother's love and that mother's touch she got the baby maybe not the one she wanted but it's hers and and there's this weird morbid thing in the end of that um but at the same time when you look at this film overall man some of the most some of the douchiest people that could ever exist in film like her husband her husband is the epitome of I mean, John Cassavetes, or he—he—he's great in this. His his—it's portrait- a great performance. A great performance is all around. Like, Absolutely I, amazing I think, performance. Uh, g- getting back to, getting back to like basics of like you know like the structural parts of this movie. Uh, I think actors, I think across the board, are kind of like a ten out of ten here. I don't think there's a single performance like even in the small bit roles that come across in this movie. Like they're nuanced, they're punchy, they're animated, but not too over the top. Like it only gets more and more over the top as her as Rosemary's like sanity kind of like starts to diminish. Well, I feel uh, like they're doing that to her throughout. All that crap is, that they're but, having her drink, 
all that stuff that they they're doing they say is helping i guess because of the the weird baby that she's going to be having but then when she stops doing that crap she, all of a sudden she starts feeling better but the fact that she went along with that for so long too it does show that um <clears throat> you know that male empowerment type thing especially pushing it in the in those times you know late 60s exactly and and, and this is very much a this is very much a movie of its time because oh yeah a lot of the a lot of rosemary's problems are just like nope you'll listen to the man about what you need to do with your baby and well no, it's not like, even just and, that and, and it's the way it's it's not just the baby thing it's it's the way her life is in general you know she always exactly. talks about exactly. her she always talks about him and how he's an actor and what he's done she's always hyping him up she doesn't talk about what she does she doesn't talk about anything that she's doing she is his trophy wife in that way. That's that's almost the way that it seems. She's the one who has to be supporting him all the time. And he does. He treats her like garbage this entire film. He says he's going to be he around. He's, he's never around. Um, he, he, he gaslights her into thinking that like it's really what she wants when it's not. No, like, yeah, she doesn't want that, any like, goes- of this stuff. Yeah, 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 and every and every time that he's just trying to coerce her into doing something that either she doesn't want or thinks is best for her, yeah, uh, it, it's it's so manipulative at every single turn. See, I think he's um, the I think he's the worst character in this entire film. He is by far. Oh no, I, he out of every out of every single is. person, he is he is by far the worst because he you know he married this girl, and it all seemed. I guess his career didn't go the way he wanted to, so then he literally makes a deal with the devil in order to get his career to go on track as long as he's willing to give over his his wife, essentially, and his firstborn. Like, that's so twisted. The fact that he's willing to just do that and be like, yeah, okay, I'm totally willing to screw over my wife on this. And then you realize he's just a scumbag. He's always been a scumbag. Nothing about him is good at all. He's just a piece of shit that she fell in love with because he did a few, he acted in a few things, you know, and that impressed right. her. Right, and I, I I, see a lot of this movie as just really an indictment about, like, a lot of the social norms of, you know, the late and mid-60s, like... It really takes to like it shows kind of like in a horrific way a a lot of the things that like women had to put up with and had to like were forced to believe about like because like society's just like okay like you listen to your husband make sure that it's this way and like you can only be like this and like this isn't what a lady is supposed to do and stuff like that and it's really laid out in a lot of gruesome ways how bad that gets. And I like you could see all of this as a metaphor for just like how you can just trounce on and like gaslight and convince this woman that she's crazy when she's not. When everything that's around her feels wrong, everybody around her says, no, it's right. And then just is like, oh, well, I got to listen to this because that's the way it needs to be. But see, here's the thing. And it's not only it's not only the men doing this, but it's the women doing it as well. When you want to look at who almost seems like the mastermind of everything even though it's supposed to be um the husband in it uh i i honestly think it's the wife i think it's the you know mrs cassavette i think it's her you know we think it's roman because roman turns out is is this uh guy who wrote this book Stephen Marcato but when it comes down to who gets the Tannis root who is the one who keeps bringing that around who's the one who's giving the drinks this that and the other it's yeah, it's Ruth. 
like she is the or uh, um, you know Ruth Gordon's character. Um, Minnie. Minnie is the one who I think is one of the the big character in the film is obviously Rosemary's husband Guy. He's just a horrible person, but Ruth is <clears throat> absolutely just. I mean, that's some twisted shit, man. No, it, it's it's absolutely uh, apocryphal. But I mean, I'd like I'd like to I'd like to kind of get into some of the like highlights of what I thought like were big big standouts uh, of this movie, that, like on a technical level as well. Um, th- this movie looks kind of amazing, and it's not in the ways that you'd think. Where it's like, it, gr- granted, it is shot well, and it is uh, like its color palette and its. Uh, a way to incorporate music is very, very uh, wistful and like imaginative, but uh, it's very, very sparing with the type of because uh, we call this a horror film, but we, like we're very, it's very particular in the way that it chooses to uh, unnerve and uh, disorient and confuse at sometimes the viewer into thinking. Uh, about what they're seeing on screen. Like, obviously, we can point to, like, her first dream sequence as uh, as a big sort of, like, horrific and, like, psychedelic weird tale that she's going through, uh, which is beautiful. But uh, a lot of what, what I'm seeing is, like, any time that she steps outside, any time that she uh, walks across the street or goes to the doctor or is in, like, that telephone booth, everything feels otherworldly. I know that we're seeing, like, a... Like a New York City street or, you know, a phone booth or like a, a car picking somebody up. But it's always shot in a way that feels so claustrophobic and uh, unnerving because of how close that she is. And her uh, her when her psyche is kind of being pushed just a little bit, like when she's on the phone, right, talking, right. Like which is played by which is played by Charles to. Grodin. And that by the one way. person, Dr. Hill, is Charles yeah. Who is great? The dad from Beethoven, also the dad from Clifford. Yeah, that's right. Clifford, the Martin Short film. (laughs) These are these are magnificent. Clifford was pretty great because it's twisted. That shot of like it's good stuff. Anyway, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. inscrutable. (laughs) Uh, but like it, it's it's these small things where like you just see the back of this one guy that's waiting for the for the payphone. Dude, it looks like, like he's, he's about to. There. It definitely and looks ominous. It, it definitely is foreboding and dread, but there's yes. never anything that makes it where it, it, it is. It's just the way it's filmed. It's the music that's going there. It is keeping that claustrophobic thing because you don't really see who this person is. And then when you do, and he's just trying to get in the phone, oh, okay. Yeah. It just it makes you constantly think about what is on screen at every point because of the things that are going on. Not just mind. not just in it's, her mind, but actually so I, stuff it was that actually, is actually really happening thing. because when she talks to Yes, it's actually happening because well, you you're starting to think remember like Remember they have their they have their friend who I guess used to be I guess we see their old landlord, right? The guy who was their old landlord. Um basically when she talks to him about what's going on and says that, you know, she's taken this Tannis route and um, has lost all this weight and everything in the first couple months of the pregnancy, and he's concerned. Then all of a sudden, you know, 
once this information goes around, we find out that it's Stephen Mercado and whatever, he ends up getting sick and goes into a coma. You know, like then all of a sudden, and then later we find eventually dies. And we're like, what? Um, so anybody who gets near her ends up and, and finds this stuff out, or if she brings anybody in on it, they will find out, they will make sure they're dead. She doesn't know who's in on it. So it is this feeling of paranoia where if she leaves, she doesn't know who's following her or what's going on at any time. So there is that feeling of claustrophobia or agoraphobia, really, as she's just trying to to what she needs, like to that final thing. She will do anything in order to protect her baby at this point. And it's it's more and more and more uh, apparent just how oh, ahead man, of yeah, time absolutely. this movie was. Because you, you look at a lot of the things that came out even around this year or even previous like uh, like Hitchcock was o- like was only the only one close to doing stuff like this at this time I, I mean even a few years earlier but it was like right, it, it's but it on pushes that level the limits because we're also talking about a film that a... has nudity implied it actually has rape in it by oh, yeah. the devil himself or you know whatever uh, you know yeah. and then um, you have the idea of implied rape on top of it where he may have done this in the past with her, you know, just because of how abusive he's been in a weird way that right. she doesn't even see as abuse, you know? And that, uh, yeah. And I, that's the messed up thing where I'm like, oh, my no, God, but, they didn't well, even think it was, about it, that. You know, it was like, something that, that probably even... was thought about in the time, but we're also talking about the way she was living, her own personal bubble, because we are talking in the 60s, the women's revolution in the late 60s, early 70s, right? So. This is one of those films that shows that she is also going through this revolution by the end of it. The haircut, the, you know, not not following the rules as she's being told to follow. But she, she you know, doesn't want to be around this child. She's decided, no, this isn't what I want until she sees the child for herself. She realizes it is hers, and she gives in to that. And she does have this smile on her face at the end because even though it is not what she initially set out for, it, it is her child. You know, and I, I, I kind of want to, I want to talk about the ending. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. A little bit later as we go on, because like I, I both love and take severe issue. Yeah, no, I, I mean, obviously, dude, um, there's, there's, but like getting it, into there's a lot like, of issues the, that you could even say with a contextually with the movie, but that's the whole concept of the movie, you know. Right, and and it's more it's more so how I just choose to see it at the time of its first viewing. But um, I think the sort of the, the way that this movie kind of dovetails near the end, once the baby's born and it's gone like almost what seems like two three weeks of her just bedridden, like not able to see the baby, uh, like j- j- just in a sort of delirium, uh, figuring out what she can do where her son is, you know, who's taking care of him. It's a very it's a very unnerving thing where like as she's like hiding the pills in the little slit in the brick and like these little tiny details that they're like okay great she's going to get out because you know like by this point she is now like Yeah, absolutely. And then you don't know exactly and, what's going to uh, kind right, of just right. shackled to where she is as a mother. You don't know what what the logical way of uh, her getting out of this is, um, and to, and as it sort of unspools, you find out that you know all she can do is just confront them and find the baby. 
That's all. Dude, that's her all confront, her confronting um, though. But I, I wanted to was such a bold move for her to just go in there and not be afraid. It was like it was. she went in. It wasn't even a oh I got caught. It's a no. You need to look at me right now. That that's that's what makes this movie. Right. I think that's what makes um, this movie last... definitely stand out. But I think at the end it is her. Hmm. Well, here's here's what I'll say about uh, about my sort of take on uh, how this movie kind of wraps up because, again, a lot of the themes about uh, you know rape and assault and you know convincing or like keeping women under the thumb of men just for the sake of you know their own personal gain, all of these themes are kind of brought up to the forefront when Rosemary confronts that party and like you know confronts all of those people that have just used her to birth this thing for their own gain and it it's 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 transfixing to see because it's all of this first person walking down that hallway and you see like the uh, the the painting you know the like the effigies and then it's this elegant like very affluent beautiful party that like it takes everybody a minute to actually notice that she's in even in the room and everybody's just sort of looking at her and just going along with it making it seem as if nothing's wrong and like there there is no way that rosemary would ever react to this in such a bad way because it's such an amazing thing that you've done and you've done everything right you've done it everything to the way that we've wanted it to be everything is as it should now and you know, she looks at the baby that they don't show, and you know she freaked. Like so, I I had no well, actual it, context of this ending, uh, other than like through cultural osmosis, other than no, like God I mean, is I, dead. I, like I knew that. I get that and part. What but did you do to his eyes? And you know, now has whatever I guess the stuff he wants, and then he's trying to tell Rosemary, no, it's fine. We're gonna you. We can actually have a, a, another kid, and it can be ours. And she just does exactly what everyone wants. She spits in his face. It's this big old fuck you to him. Granted, it should be bigger. She should stab him repeatedly, but whatever. Um, She doesn't. But at the end, what it comes down to is she looks at the child. I guess, you know, Minnie talks to her. She looks at the kid. This has nothing to do with Guy. You know, like, you know at this point she is done with Guy. That's not going to be a thing. But it's still part of her. And I don't know, you know, it's one of those things they say, you know, a mother's love. Now, I don't know if that's necessarily true for this, but in this movie, I think it is. There's still that thing of she always has wanted a kid, something, a child that she can call hers. And in a twisted way, yes, because she has been almost Stockholm syndromed in a way. You know, you're around it for so long, you finally adapt to it, right? It is twisted. It is a dark ending. It is not a happy ending. No, it is not. And, you know, but, but. So I well, and, th- you, and this is you, there's a follow-up book apparently that came out 30 years later called Son of Rosemary by <laughs> Ira Levin and it basically it follows it like 30 you know 33 years later or however many years later maybe it's there she's around and it's 20 years I don't know she's in a coma for a while and there's a wait but the point quite, is, quite by the end of that, everything is pretty much, spoiler alert everybody, negated. 
Everything is all a dream. Rosemary's Baby and her sequel was all a premonition dream because then at the end, it's back in 1965 and this guy comes around saying, hey, there's this place where you could live rent-free, da-da-da-da-da, it sounds too good to be true, and she's like, no. So it all ends up being, well, I mean, it all ends up being for okay, nothing well, when weird. you think about it, <laughs> like when you look at what canon is for it. Sure. But at the same so, time, yeah, man, it, it was a, a product of its time that was dark and twisted, and it still rings true 50 years later. Um, right. And, and here, so here's the sort of like truth and things that I kind of gleamed from this ending that I mean, while I didn't quite take issue with it, I, I still, I, I was bummed out severely by, um, because again, you, you, we, she, Rosemary mentions twice in this movie, uh, that something's wrong with the baby, but I'm not going to get an abortion. I'm not going to get an abortion, uh, because she wants to see it through and she wants that baby. Um, and every, at every sort of turn since then, uh, at the end of this, at this confrontation at this party, she realizes, she is forced to see that nothing about this baby happened on her own terms. Absolutely nothing. Nothing about this child, nothing about the life she's going to be living from now on, nothing about uh, the life of this child will be met on her own terms. And... I, it's I I very much wanted something to man, happen but you know what though? In a lot of horror movies, in a lot of horror movies, that's Even life. If it was... This is just a different way of that happening. You know? No, I and so and here and here's where like the, like the movie reaches a fork in the road that like could 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 easily go either way because you know it, it, were I making a movie like this and wanted to send a radical mas- message. You know, it, it would be, you know, Rosemary kills the baby or finds a way to, to like, make an ultimate fuck you to the, the this, this I mean, yeah, if Rosemary... To their motive, to their whatever. If she finds a way to take something into her own hands to say, you know, I'm here or I'm, like, I'm not going to go down without a fight like this, uh... That that is the sort of stand that I would have liked to see a character like this make, but also, the ending that presented itself was her kind of, you know, letting that wash over her and you know, bearing through it for the sake of that kid. And I kind of find that almost a bit more, I guess, appropriate for the time, because, you know, a lot of parents a lot of women kind of did that because they didn't want to get abortions or they didn't want to go through alternate ways of living their lives for the sake of you know not having a child or doing something they weren't ready for or something that happened on their own terms like it's it's a very complex metaphor and a very complex ending to interpret uh, i just wish that i could have seen something yeah you know uh, i a mean bit more sure defined. but at the same time granted she could say maybe if i'm there to help raise the child i can help turn the path a different way you know i mean think of stuff like that as well there's more to it than just this you know uh basic stuff that goes into it of of, uh, kill it or not kill it you know uh and they uh, but but they did make a tv film sequel called look what's happened to rosemary's baby starring patty duke as uh rosemary um 
Can you can you see my my flat un yeah yeah yeah? I mean, the year was 1976. And Ruth Gordon reprised her role as Minnie Castavette. Uh, and it says it introduced an adult uh, Andrew slash Adrian because I guess there he's Andrew now attempting his to earn his place as the Antichrist, and apparently it was uh, disliked by everyone. So. Hey, and then they remade it in uh, I mean, 2014 with Zoe Saldana for that uh, TV miniseries. And I heard that was a movie that exists. I mean, I mean, it certainly sounds like we have a lot of spinoff properties based on Rosemary's Baby. No, it's just, all you know, they were going to remake it, I remember, back when Platinum Dunes was talking about it about a decade ago or so. And I'm glad that was a lot of projects. They were going to remake everything. Anything that was a, a popular horror film, they were going to do a remake for, and I guess make it all super gritty or whatever. So uh, I'm glad they didn't do that. Right. Well, this was certainly the the it one. Th this certainly was the it one of uh, of the year, or certainly of a time, because uh, it g garnered many many yeah, awards I mean, it, and it, much it's, critical it's, acclaim. It's one of those um, films that it's going to be shocking for for what it is, and it should be shocking. That's. That's why people still talk about it today. That's why it's a film that 50 years later we can look at and be like, damn, this movie is still really messed up. It's really twisted. Is it a little underrated now, mainly due to, you know, uh, Roman Polanski and all that? Yeah, I think so. I, I think obviously people need to look beyond that and they need to look at this film and be like, wow, this is a really twisted piece of filmmaking that speaks on so many levels. It is. Um, I, I would I would recommend this. Uh, so like I mean, for the historical value alone, uh, it's, uh, it's I mean, groundbreaking it's, yeah, and it's in not, many ways. It's not a uh, gore fest. Don't time. go in thinking it's going to be a gore fest. Don't go in thinking no. that you're going to have a splatter horror film. This is not that movie. You know, this is a slow burn. I think there was I think there was like only one moment when like that that girl jumped out of the window and like you just see like her body. Yeah, with, with some that blood with that Prismacolor like, uh, that Prismacolor paint blood and and that's kind of how it looked. You know, they did that in a lot of films back then. Yeah, I mean, exactly. Look at Argento's early films, Prismacolor blood everywhere. Um, sure. I mean, it, it's right, right. It's very, it's, it's pure red, is what it is. This is one of those films that it, it's the epitome of, of you're in it, you're in it till the end. It's that end part that really just drives it home. But it's a film that's about paranoia. It's a film that's about deceit and everything. You know, I mean, it's you're going into a very, it's a very slow burn film. It, it very much is because a lot of that time is spent laying a groundwork uh, for like the not 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 so much the psychosis, but like the sort of tr the beating down of a woman's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, will it's it's uh, of it a woman's be, psyche I mean, that's a th that's of a woman's the same thing. like. I, I get that you know, like in any way that you put it, it's it's beating down of anybody's psyche and anybody who's going through this, like. Uh, right. No, it is. It's, but it, but it's very, it's very much like a, a mother's right. will and psyche being beat down for the course of you know an hour and a half, and then she tries to reclaim that, and it's as best she can. Uh, I mean, I effect, think I think by um, the end of it, does there it. has there's been that power turn because they want to kill her, right? They want her dead, but then all of a sudden it's like no no we're not going to do that because the child doesn't want that that's what they're you know that's one of the things that's pushed in there and that I'm, is a very important factor she in essence can get a lot of that power going because she is the mother of the child and that is another way to 
keep her alive, you know, manipulation in order for the long game. I mean, it's a weird way to go about it, but... That's that's an interesting take. I never really saw Rosemary as uh, having any bit of power come the ending of that movie. I think it's more of they played a power move on her where it's like, hey, like, listen, why, do, why don't you be a mother to him? Or else you no, either see, can I, leave I think, or I think we'll there's that you. to it as well, like, but it, I think like, that it's, it, she's smarter than that, and there's a lot of stuff that she starts fighting against and turning against after a while she's not complicit with this the entire time in the way that they thought she would be you know even when she was awake during what was going on because she didn't drink all of her drink you know what i mean like she or eat all of her or you know she didn't eat all the you know it wasn't her drink it was the it was the trifle thing because she said it tasted chalky she knew there was something wrong like the, it, it, Rosemary's a lot smarter than than most other people in this than most people will actually give her credit for in this and I think that she was put into she no, was put into a situation that is pretty much is. an impossible situation and given the impossible situation she survives this film that is rare man that is a hard thing to do in horror right. and for no, her and to I, do that and in essence she is now in a power position of being the mother of the Antichrist. Can she turn that into something to work for her to get that revenge that she wants? To, you know, smite her husband and, and you know, have him just, have his life just torn apart for what he's done to her. There, there's a lot that can go off I, of that, you know? I, I, I possibly, I mean, I, I left, I left with that ending feeling like the decision that she made was purely out of out of survival and succumbing to in the end getting a baby that yeah, may, see, that's she, the she thing that's why these endings exist baby. because and that's why we talk about this film's ending 50 years from when it came out you know and, and 50 years later exactly exactly it yeah. is it's very it's very provocative it's very it it, it entices some good conversation because it's uh, there are a lot of ways to look at the way that this film goes about mm-hmm. itself and ends. Uh, it's it's why it's so important. It's why it's so good. It's why I would oh, absolutely. wholeheartedly, I, I wholeheartedly recommend, recommend it. It is um, a, it's it's an amazing film. It is very it is twisted subject matter. It is definitely stuff that, you know, I I watched it this time thinking to myself, "Wait, what year was this again?" and I, I had to keep thinking, "Okay, this is 1968." And I remember the censors being. It feels well, exactly it feels blisteringly ahead of its time. It feels and, and it, the it censors used so to be so um, all over these types of films. You know, it's like what could you get away with? What couldn't you? And this was the time where things really started to change. And this was also a time when you know horror films are now winning Academy Awards. You know, this is, and they call they call Rosemary's very, Baby very more true. of a drama mystery, I guess, because they don't want to call it horror, but. Like, come on, man. It is legit a horror film. Uh, when you start calling into the Antichrist and, I, I mean, and I a would. satanic it's... cult and um, causing people to go blind and then murdering other people and stuff, uh, yeah, you know what? I'm going to I'm gonna definitely say a horror film. And it's, yeah. uh, it, oh, it's yeah. a damn good one at that. Well, I think that is going to uh, wrap us up for this week. Uh why don't you uh, tell oh, us where you we know, can be found? Oh, you know, I mean, you can find room. us at ohthehorrorcast.com. That's our website. Uh, we're on Facebook at ohthehorrorcast. Um, you know, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, all that stuff, pretty much at ohthehorrorcast or, you know, on any of our Twitter handles or whatever. You can find us. It, it, we exist. Um, 
And then, Across platform. yeah, oh, the then for next cast. week, uh, we are going to be taking a look at Bird Box to see... W- Dude, yes, everybody is talking about this movie. Of 2019. Dude, the first 2018 meme sensation of 2019. The sensation is going on. Oh, it's, 20, well, it's, meme, it's 2019 when this is going to be out. out. Uh, maybe this Don't is something people will still be talking about. We did find out that it was watched by 45 million accounts, which is... Uh, you know what? They don't really even know fully what those numbers mean yet. That's that's a lie. We all we all know that there are twenty two. There are only twenty two Netflix accounts, and everybody yeah, shares it, that password. It's with true, and they all watch a Christmas that's Prince, how that apparently goes. because they all did that like two years ago, um, which is horrible, 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 horrible. Um, but with this, you know, Bird Box sounds interesting. I, I've heard it's the happening, but you got to cover your eyes. So. <laughs> But but people I seem to like it. Don't, I guess. Like, I, I don't, I don't know a thing about I, it. I'll, I'll I literally only know memes. I'm trying to piece um, together the actual plot. Uh, so of this basically, movie based I, on I mean, memes. It, it, it's it, the premise is profound. like you. One day, all of a sudden, people see some stuff that I guess are invisible, and it causes them to kill themselves. So everyone needs to cover their eyes, or they'll kill themselves. Right. Um, it's like the happening, except cover your eyes you know you're right right and we don't, i don't know exactly <laughs> cover your eyes it's right. a quiet and place and but with of, your I eyes the, the combo that they're going for with it it's interesting to see another film like quiet place come out within that same year you know what i mean i can't wait for a movie where if you smell then them, I, I mean I, you know that that's going to be something like that you know that someone's going <laughs> to asylum will be like swamp bog if you smell it it will kill you okay cool whatever man you know, trauma. Trauma might make oh, that. Man. I Wait feel like trauma could do that. Trauma would probably mode. just be like, dude, already in production. Green uh, lit. Green lit. But we're ready. Yeah, man. We'll we'll see how this film is. Uh, uh, some people seem to like it. I, I don't know. I don't know. This is. Hey, we don't know. This yeah. could work out. This could so not. yeah, that's well, gonna we'll do see. it this week for us on Oh the Horror. Uh, you know, as usual, you can find us on any of your social media platforms, and you can find us anywhere you download your podcasts. Um, But until next time, I've been Rob Holmes. And I'm Steve Allman. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Look at me, Damien. It's all for you. Now, it is time to keep your appointment with the Wicker Man. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here.